This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and thank you very much for tuning in to this bonus episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Telfer and today I am joined by a super special celebrity guest. Viewers of A View from the Terrace might know him as one of the two Duncans from the extraordinary Put a Shift in series, but he is also a BAFTA award-winning director. His work has been shown at festivals around the world and his new series, Scary Adult Things, is set to debut on national television later this month. Duncan Kills, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me. I, I, um, that's a far better introduction than I would have given uh, for myself. <laughs> Listen, Duncan, it's not often you get a chance to rub shoulders virtually with the man who is responsible for putting together some of the most seminal television moments from the last two years. So I can assure you, this is an honour. I don't think the introduction was quite big enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I, I mean, thanks, thanks for. I'm definitely not, uh, not, not a celebrity. I've never used. I've never, I've never uh, had that word. You won't uh, recognise you on the streets from your work on, with Duncan. No, nah, people don't even recognise me in my own street. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Let alone any other street. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. it was, it's nice to be nice to be bigged up. I'll only big me down. Big me down, is that how you say okay. it? So then yeah. if, you, if you big yourself down, I'll big you up and then we'll get you a nice neutral point then in the middle. Yeah. That sounds that sounds quite good, I. There's a happy medium there. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're working a view from the terrace. For me, it's, it's one of the best sections of the whole series. You accompany Big Duncan Mackay and travel to some of the nation's more remote outposts to highlight the work that from volunteers that keeps football clubs going. Let's start at the beginning, Duncan. How did this come around? Um, I suppose it was, I mean, what is it now, a couple of years ago, or summer 2018. 18, aye. Um, kind of got, just got asked to be involved in the pilot by the producer Andy and director Jordan, um, 
who I'd both worked, I'd worked with them both before and they kind of were wanting someone to get involved and do this VT of which like I, I kind of um, to be honest I was quite confused why they'd asked me because um, uh, well I don't like football so I did flag that <laughs> up the front I was like you know I'm not like I'm, I'm not that into football I'm, I'm up for doing it but I'm, I'm not that into football is that going to be a problem and they were like no no that's great that's that's what we're that's what we're looking for um, so I kind of wasn't really sure what, what we were doing to be honest but they just said go for it I was really confused for a while what that there was someone else called Duncan that mm-hmm. took me uh, a while to figure out because it's not often that you're doing a job and there's someone you know there's not that many Duncans about or I don't find that many um, <laughs> so I was confused for a while that there was this other person called Duncan um, so I had to wrap my head around that and um, yeah I mean we did the pilot we didn't really know what we were doing either of us to be honest so we just kind of went and did it I kind of saw things from my point of view Duncan did his thing and um, and yeah we've just kept kept doing it but I mean it's a lot it's great fun to do it and you know it's nice to have made a a friend through the through through the process do you know what I mean that's that's kind of one of the best things about it really is getting to know Duncan Come on and talk about Duncan in a second, but you mentioned there that you don't actually like football. Has that changed over the past two and a half years? Uh, <laughs> I've come to understand why people <laughs> like it. Right. I think I'm not, I mean, not liking it is, is almost too strong, really. I don't even, I'm just, it's just not something I've ever really got that on board with. Like, most of my friends aren't that fussed about it, a lot of them. Or the ones that are don't chat to me about it. Right. They just assume that I'm not that bothered. So, like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm always into films. I mean, I like film. There's films that I like about football. Okay. Uh, so it's not like, you know, that Maradona documentary. That was good. I've not seen that. It's supposed to be excellent. I was into that because I'm into documentaries and people. Mm-hmm. I like people. You know, I find them interesting. I can see why people like it via going and doing what we've done I can go you know I can see why people like going to a game on a Saturday and having a laugh with their mates and stuff you know I get all that um, but you know it's like anything some folk are into you know making model trains uh, you know and other folk are into football I think it's just it's a hobby isn't it it's just a hobby for folk which is cool I don't know <laughs> I've got this thing where you, you sort of have to stop me talking because it'll just ramble We'll talk about then, Duncan. Talk about the very first section that, that you both shot together. And that was, it was at Wraith Rovers where yeah. you went and filmed Duncan being Rory the Rover for the day. And it has got, it's just got so many funny bits. There's one of my favourite bits is it's at half time where Duncan says, and now I'm going to be Rory the Rover. <laughs> You're obviously expecting some sort of like editing trick where, where it'll come back and he'll be in the line. It goes into the room and the costume's not there. And this sort of like this panic that, that, that comes over him. Can you tell me about that process then of, of you met, met Duncan for the first time. You go yeah. to Starks Park. What was that like that, for that day? I mean, I just, we hadn't really spoke. We had a phone call beforehand and that was kind of it. And that was all just sort of politeness of like, you know, I'm Duncan and he, said much the same um, and then we <laughs> kind of we just got there and we, I just basically just filmed him and I was like I'll just film you and I didn't I suppose I didn't give a lot of direction which maybe he was expecting he's maybe expecting more direction of like mm-hmm. go and do this or and we just kind of went with it so like everything that went wrong was just included do you know what I mean we just sort of 
I don't try and hide the process too much because mm-hmm. for me that's like if something goes wrong or there's a mistake or you know even to the point of like banging a camera by accident or like you know the sound getting a bit messy at points I feel like that's all you know part of the part of the part of the sort of style of it and yeah. and I think audiences hopefully like to see that it's you know it's maybe more of an honest take on how the day went rather than this polished like you see a lot of TV stuff where it's maybe shot a lot better or it's cleaned up a lot more and that's that's one way of doing things but I'm like well I'm not going to try and hide the shambolicness of the day sometimes <laughs> or you know if there's like extreme wind blowing and the, the, this you know it's an absolute nightmare trying to get clean sound sometimes so you just have to do your best and and if things go wrong that sometimes adds some humor maybe mm-hmm. um i might just be making excuses for my own making, <laughs> once you've filmed everything duncan are you responsible for editing the package together not entirely so i do uh um i spend about a day going through all the footage and i write sort of time-coded notes of like mm-hmm. here's here's a good moment here here's a bit where you know Duncan drops a pie or you know whatever like here's here's some key crucial story points and then um, then I pass that over to an editor so um and then they work on putting it together like I'll write I'll write the little voice over and I'll pick some music choices and stuff and I'll send it over and then they'll they'll do a a draft which um normally I get sent the first draft and then they do another kind of final one with them um, okay. with Jordan on the before it goes out onto the show um but yeah I mean it's uh it's worked out. I mean it, it works works nice and well it's always a fun fun thing to do mm-hmm. um, even I, I, if it's raining and all that you know I can can live with it I think that's what audiences have really appreciated Duncan is that you've got quite a, a dry sardonic sense of humor whereas Duncan Mackay has just got this boundless enthusiasm and yeah. this just almost childlike love of the game what is a big man like to work with yeah, I mean, we're two, I think that's the good thing is we're two Duncans from very, two very different places. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, uh, <laughs> he's he's enthusiastic. I'm probably slightly less enthusiastic about things. Um, I can be, but I think he's readily excited about everything. You know, it's not even just football. Like he loves everything. You know, he, he, he like the amount of books he's read is always yeah. amazes me. Um and he's just generally interesting. As well. I mean, he doesn't drink hot drinks. That's something that's always puzzled me as well. Because, you know, there's endless questions that I've got about Duncan. So it keeps me interested in finding out more. And he's always going to be enthusiastic about, you know, you could, it wouldn't even need to be football. You could have him, you know, doing, I don't know, you could follow a librarian around and it would be exciting. Do you know, like, I think because he'd be interested in it. Um, so I think that's, that's, so it's easy to work with him in that respect, but it's always interesting for me and it's always fun for him or it seems you know he's never really in a bad mood very often whereas i'm normally in a bad mood so it's quite um i think that contrast works quite well balance each Uh, other out what's it like then when you're driving to some of the more distant places like you're going up to peterhead for instance what's a what's a journey up there like that was uh my god yeah that was that was a long drive um, not in a bad way, and it, it was a good. It was a good day actually. Yeah. Most of it. It was. It was a bit. The problem with that one, we it took so long to drive there. I was knackered by the time we got there. Um, but but it was a good. Uh, you know, it's just you just we just chat about life. Do you know what I mean? 
I sometimes feel like we should be recording some of the stuff we chat about on the way. Um, but obviously it'd be too long for um, for, a, for a podcast. But, we, you know, we, go, we, we ask each other about our lives and stuff, um, which, uh, some, which can be quite good sometimes. Um, music, he, you know, he's, he, likes, he likes different, he likes music. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else does he like? Yeah, baseball. He's into baseball, isn't he? That's is he into thing. baseball? I, I, I did not know. I've been Duncan's friend for a few years, and I didn't realise he was into baseball. But then I've never driven uh, four hours up to to Peterhead with him. That, that's that's what those long journeys do. They break down barriers, bring people together. Yeah, that's it. I always like my favourite bits are always the coffee stops. To be honest with you, if we've got time for one of them, um, and we'll get some food, or we got dinner on the way back from that, which was extra special because normally we're not. Well, sometimes we get a kind of decent meal. Sometimes we just get like a pie. Um, and I'm always quite excited about what we're going to get to eat. Not, I'm not only concerned about what we get to eat. Obviously, I'm concerned about doing a good job in, in the filming and all that. But, but I quite like the sort of, that's almost my hobby, is like little coffee shops and things. You know, like there's a great one at Dunfermline. When we were at Dunfermline, the, 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 the coffee shop was kind of the club shop. It was like a little fan store next to the... Okay next to the ground I don't know what it was called but it was sort of ran sort of like I don't know it felt very nice it was sort of like a couple of women in there and they were like sort of selling hats and stuff but you could also get a coffee and a sandwich and it was tiny and I, I just thought all that was really interesting and exciting and um, we didn't put any of that in the film but um, <laughs> but that's that I like all that sort of behind the scenes stuff and, and just being there as well you know I, I enjoy the process of mm-hmm. filming Sorry, Duncan, well. sticking with behind the scenes, it's not yeah. just you and Duncan that, yeah. that are going on location. Who else comes with you? So it used to be uh, it used to be Gemma who was who was on board for she did all of season one and I think half of two. Yeah. Uh, and then at some point Michael then started coming with us. So he started I think the hospitality in our growth was the first one you did. Um, no, you're shaking your head. No, I'm shaking my head because I've, I've just remembered how ridiculous that, that okay. whole afternoon was. <laughs> I thought you were correcting me and I was like, oh, oh no, God, no. I got it wrong. I can't admit, I, I'm sort of, you know, we've done like 13 now and I'm sort of, I think our growth was the first one you came on. It's just when Duncan bounds up towards the camera to tell you that he's seen a man eating a pie with a spoon. <laughs> yeah. Just such yeah, a yeah. such a lovely moment. To be fair, I think eating a pie with a spoon is quite a normal. I don't know. That feels like it almost makes sense to me. I suppose it's like if you think of a pie, it's almost like a, a very small edible bowl. Yeah, I it's mean, not, it's not the done thing. I think people complicate stuff when it comes to curry. Like my dad eats a curry with a spoon. Do you know what I mean? Really? Um, yeah, and I think that's that's fair enough. Like, why not? I mean, it's it's all spoonable. That that's it. Maybe that's maybe maybe you're right. Maybe we need to start thinking about ways to just simplify our, our food. That perhaps that's a discussion for another time. Maybe we can do us. Maybe we can do our own spin-off, Duncan. You and I can go around um, restaurants around the country and eat stuff with different implements. But that's as I mentioned good. earlier, I, I think that put a shift in. It's certainly one of my favourite moments from a view from the terrace. And every time I learn that it's going to be in an upcoming episode, it's it's always something that I really look forward to. Have you been surprised by the popularity of Put A Shift In? Yeah, I think, well, I uh, I mean, I knew when I was filming Duncan that it was, that it was. I mean, I was at least finding it entertaining. So I think I had that in the back of my head when we were doing the first one, but I had no idea if people would be into it, really. 
like I, I mean I didn't know if we didn't know at that point if the whole show was going to get obviously yeah. commissioned and then when it did I thought oh well I've got to do that again now and is it going to still be entertaining a second time and a third time and every time I go in to do a put a shift in on the way I'm sort of stressing out slightly that you know it's suddenly going to be boring <laughs> uh, and luckily I think so far we've we've done all right yeah um, that, you know uh, and that's that's credit to Duncan, I think, for still still being excited about every time we go. But um, I do I do sort of worry that one day it'll stop being exciting. Like, what if it? Just, but I think that's a general anxiety about life. Like, what if one day? Oh yeah. I just suddenly wake up and can't film anything anymore. Like, what if I just forget how to speak to people? You know, like all the all there's, there's an endless barrage of mm-hmm. worries and anxieties that come my way. So, um, put a shift in is just one more of those things that I sort of worry will suddenly stop being any good um so so but hope, i mean but yeah I'm, I'm i was surprised and i mean obviously happy though of course of yeah. course and you mentioned that there's been about 13 of them that you've made between the two of you which has been your favorite i think i've got yeah i mean like it's definitely some that I've, it's, it's weird because obviously i've got the experience of having the, the question would be probably different if it was like, which one did you enjoy doing the most and which one do you enjoy watching the most? Yeah, probably, which one did you enjoy uh, filming the most? Probably, the, I think, maybe the... I'm tempted to say the first one because just the soft spot about the the first one. Do you know what I mean? It's like the first, you know, it's like your first... Um, just was exciting because we just didn't know and me and Duncan were still getting to know each other and... That was probably one of my favourites. I really enjoyed the um, the ball, the ball, both ball boy ones. The ball boy and him, him being a ball boy, but also the ball uh, collector, the ball handler. What's the what's the oh, one? Took the cup draw, cup draw. Oh, the ball um, Yeah, uh, yeah. Because just because that was that was a nice one because it was like mostly indoors and heated and quite a sort of relaxed environment. It was so um, funny bits. The one that when he went to Queen's Park to be the ball boy, just Duncan, because he's just he's just like uh, just this big lump. And just him sitting next to these wee ball boys was just so like, there's, yeah. a, there's a bit within the toilets that they're in, the, they're in this toilets and they're all eating their pies. And there's big Duncan just hanging around with these wee boys. It was just such an absurd, absurd thing to look at. I couldn't believe that they used the toilets to eat their pies i mean like hamden right it's it's huge there's so many rooms you know like i've not even, i mean you, we barely saw it there's so many different rooms and different places and your doors and you're like oh what's through there and they had them eating pies in the toilet i thought surely there's a better place <laughs> like what are they doing with the you know like is there a, the museum free do you know what i mean could they go up there or is the, you know there it's that that seemed odd to me I, I never really got to the bottom of that, but yeah, I mean, entertaining. But um, in terms of watching them back, Duncan, which has been your favourite? Which is the one that you think's come out the best? So I think the, the I think the hospitality one was really quite quite strong. Um, I actually really liked flip it, flipping it on its head and doing the one that recently that we did in Duncan's back garden. Um, yeah, that was good. That, 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 was, that was really funny. Changed things up a wee bit, and actually, like, it was almost me getting put through more of a sort of like, why is it? You know, I, I just thought that the sort of that one being a bit different. I really enjoyed watching that one back. Um, and 
Yeah, I mean, they've all, they're all kind of like they'll all bring back memories. I mean, that's one of the things I enjoy about filming is it kind of it's almost like a little diary every time you make something and then you watch it back and it just reminds you of your life at that point. So it's really nice having all these little things to remember. You know, there's, there's not many occasions actually that I've seen Duncan that haven't been turned into little films. So it's quite an odd friendship in that way. <laughs> you know, imagine you had that with all your friends. You had like a little movie to mark. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, they're all, they're all um, special. What's the next steps for you both? Do you reckon you could actually take Duncan and Duncan and put them into different situations? So I'm talking you like talking about you like in the almost like a third person. Do you, do you reckon yeah, you could take sorry. that idea? I do that as well. <laughs> I do reckon you yeah. could take that idea where, where both of you go off and do something and maybe expand it to maybe an epi- like a, a whole hour long episode. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's there's potential for that. Um, I, I, like I was sort of saying earlier, like Duncan's so interested in so many things that he, whether it was you know you could easily do it with football, obviously. Um, but equally, you know, like he's so into baseball. I'm like, you could have him touring baseball stadiums in America. You could have him um, doing anything, and he'd be he'd be all over it. I think there's there's a lot of sort of unique aspects to football, not just in Scotland as well. Do you know? And you could you could definitely have a more expanded thing where Duncan was was um, exploring things internationally, or you could. I mean, that, that we find like that there's no shortage of things to talk about when we're together and, and hopefully that could work in other places. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, but who knows? Duncan might disagree with me on that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I'd, I mean, I'd love to keep doing, that's, that's a slight anxiety as well. Like what if we run out of jobs for Duncan to do in mm-hmm. Scottish football? Like what happens then? You know? Of course, it must have been quite difficult with the coronavirus pandemic. I think that's why I put a yeah. shift in. There's only, I think there's only one instalment in the last block and there's only one instalment in this block just because there yeah. hasn't been as much things to do, hasn't been as that's many it. things to do even. Yeah, that, that's, that's been a bit of that kind of scuppered our plans for some of the stuff that we had in our heads that we would want to do, which hopefully we'll still get to do, but you know, we, we have to kind of wait for certain things to be allowed before we can do it. Um, but yeah, so there isn't as many at the moment, um, and hopefully that's not because we've. Hopefully we've not. Hopefully that's not because we're rubbish now. Do you know what I mean? Um, although people wouldn't tell me. Do you know, I wouldn't get told that, would I? You just get told you're only doing one this series because of coronavirus. What they really want to say is you're only getting one this series because we're bored of you. That's, <laughs> that's you might be party to these conversations, and I'm not. But um, but no, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll get to do more. Um, I don't see us running out of steam, but I guess it's also up to an audience to kind of demand more mm-hmm. or ask for more. Do you know, I think that goes a long way when people were vocal about, oh, we enjoy um, Duncan and Duncan, or we enjoy, you know, and, and even if it's Twitter or whatever it is, I think that feedback does actually get received, if you know what I mean. So it, I think the more of that, the better. That's just me asking for praise, essentially, isn't it? That's, well, uh... I think it's excellent, Duncan. <laughs> and I encourage, I know we're recording this on Friday, the 5th of March, and I know you're in tonight's episode. Can you give us a sneak peek as to what's going on tonight? I know you're going to my yeah. club, Stenhouse Muir, to look at their community programme. That's right. I saw. Uh, that's right. We saw the box that you sit in. Oh, I, say. Don't, I don't think it made it. Oh, no, I, well, it's kind of in the episode, but the fact that it's your box isn't mentioned, I don't think. Um, 
but yeah, I Stenhouse Muir, we were back back there, which is it's a nice it's a nice wee place. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what would what would a sneak peek be? Obviously, filmed it all with restrictions, which hopefully you'll see on screen. But you know, if you suddenly wonder, was that safe? I can just say that it was very safe. <laughs> uh, disclaimer. Um, yeah, it was basically Duncan. I mean, it's Duncan chipping in on the the care in the community. So, like another unseen aspect of a club, I suppose, and what they do. And I, I, I to be honest, I had no idea that a football club did as much in the community, giving out food parcels and stuff. Yeah, I mean that's mad. You'd think that you you wouldn't. I wouldn't associate that with a football club. So I was quite. My heart was quite warmed. Yeah, I think, right? I think in this day and age, the smaller football teams, you've got to be more than just a football club. You think you have to really embed yourself in the community and, and go that extra mile for, 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 for people that, that, that need the help. And I think that's certainly something that, that Stenhouse Muir do very well. I know they've received quite a lot of praise over the last well, nearly a year now for the, the support they've given people ar- um, ar- around them. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes back this evening. As yeah. you mentioned right at the top of the show, Duncan, you're a very successful filmmaker in your own right. Could you tell us a bit about your background? Uh, yeah, so I suppose for, I mean, I um, don't know how much you want. I mean, I, I'm, I was born up and brought up in Curry. Is that relevant? Um, I, but, uh, well, if you want to we'll go all the way back, you're 30 years old. Tell us your um, earliest memory and we'll take it from there. Yeah, earliest memory. Yeah, Curry. Um, no, I think, yeah, so I, I, once I left school, I went and sort of studied filmmaking, went to Edinburgh College of Art and focused a lot on documentary. So kind of been making documentaries ever since, okay. since there really and making short films. And a lot of them are quite, sort of a lot of them are personal films about either my own family or things that are um, close to me. So, you know, not, not a million miles away from pure shifting in some, in some ways in the, I'm involved in a lot of the filming that I do, you know, I'll voice it or I'll, um, it'll be someone I know that I'm filming. So I might be in it. It's about my granddad or family. Um, And yeah, I've made short films that have sort of gone around film festivals and, um, also filmed a lot of quite unremarkable things as well, like um, videos for, you know, local, local, I can say local. Yeah, I don't even know if I, I should talk about some of my less exciting. I've done some, you know, like videos on search engine optimization, for example, that I did for a bit of money at one point. That was pretty exciting. Um, and yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'll pick up the camera and go out and film stuff if I get paid. But uh, yeah. I guess my passion is documentary, so making films, whether that's for TV or working on a feature film as well, a feature documentary that will hopefully be finished this year, um, kind of on men's mental health and difficulties in expressing emotion, of which I'm not amazing at. So I'm uh, doing things like that as well. But there's always a sort of personal angle. Like I tend to film things that I'm interested in or that I'm questioning, mm-hmm. you know, because then the motivations clear within me so it's like I'll film what I feel like I want to film I suppose and then I'll turn that into something that hopefully an audience will also relate to or um, or at least find entertaining or you know emotional or, or whatever you know like they'll respond to it in some way yeah. um, yeah. you about your BAFTA you got the Scottish BAFTA in 2016 for best short film for a movie Isabella mm-hmm. 
I, so that was a film I made with my, with my mate Ross. Um, so that was actually a film about his gran, um, who, you know, he wanted to film, he wanted to make a, he's an animator and he wanted to make a film about his gran because she was sort of towards the end of her life. And, uh, he wanted to capture the memory, but he's an animator. So we were friends and he got me involved because I'd done a lot of film with my own family. And we made this little film about um, her kind of, she's basically telling a story over and over again. And we kind of bring it to life. And it's about her condition. You know, she had like Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. um, dementia. And uh, yeah, I think hopefully it's, it's a sort of touching little portrait. I mean, Ross was quite close to it. So hopefully I brought a kind of objective almost brutal point of view of like, this is working, this isn't. Yeah. Or because he was so close to, to his gran. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was really, I mean, we spent about a year making it. Um, even though we only filmed for like two days, uh, a lot of it was animation and we spent a year putting it together and then, man, it, well, we got to travel around Europe with it, which was, which was amazing and won a few awards and then won the Scotch BAFTA as well, which mm-hmm. was, uh, which was really good. Yeah, it was uh, exciting. I probably don't sound particularly exciting. <laughs> but I'm aware it's it's a really odd thing to talk about, but it was it was yeah. I mean, it was great. It was um, yeah, it was a great night, uh, and nice nice that people liked it. Yeah, um, and to share it with a, a friend as well. Do you know? Yeah, similar to doing stuff with Duncan, it's like you get to share the whole thing with someone else. Mm-hmm. Like I've made plenty of films on my own. And, it's a bit miserable to be honest with you because if something goes well you just congratulate yourself you know it's a pretty lonely experience but doing something with someone else and being part of a bigger thing is actually um really nice and in a way is that not why a lot of people like football because they get to be part of something bigger than themselves yeah that's that's yeah i think you're absolutely right there just in some instances link, yeah just thought i'd link it back to <laughs> to what you're doing there that's uh, but yeah so yeah that's um so it was that was great Total honour, obviously. Never been nominated since, but... Um, well, listen, that's uh, nobody can take that, that award <laughs> away from you. not suggesting that anyone would, but, but nobody can no, take it. I actually don't have that. We actually gave it to Ross's mum. You only get given one, and obviously there's two of us, and I thought, well, it's Ross's grand, so you better keep it. Well, that's very magnanimous of you. You can order another one, but it costs like a couple hundred quid or something. And uh, I thought, well, as long as I can put it on my CV, um, I don't need the actual trophy. That's the most important thing. So, yeah, I've got a photo with it somewhere. Good. That's that's good. Some, someone as well for Instagram as well. Then. Yeah, what do you do yeah. as a filmmaker in the coronavirus pandemic? How, how have you been able to... What have you been spending your time doing? What are we doing? Uh, at the very beginning of the whole thing, like back in March, I wasn't doing very much because everything I was doing got cancelled like everyone else, you know, went through that process of loads of work disappearing and entire projects just getting... Um, Terrace when the football was put into lockdown in mid-March that was it we were able to make one more episode after that and then it was just a case of waiting to to, to see what happened that's it yeah Yeah, I remember there was a because we'd done a bit of shifting as well I think we'd done the photographer one was that in the last episode that you? I can't remember, but I just remember like all his photographs being absolutely dreadful, and there was one usable one, and it was the backs of people's heads. Yeah, there was thousands of photographs, and none of them were. <laughs> the problem was, I was like, I, looking through them, I was like, I'm not, I can't troll through all these photos to figure out which ones to use. So, um, just passed them over and was like, just use what you, what you can find. <laughs> that was it. But um, but no, the. Uh, so yeah, I, I, what have I been doing since then? I mean, um, 
I still I sort of did nothing for a wee while, which was nice. Um, I didn't I didn't stri- I mean I lost all the work, but in a way, I live at home with my parents, so I didn't have to worry too much. I just kind of sat in my bedroom and and watched films for a while, and then was lucky enough to get commissioned to make um, another series. Well, I say another series, another a, a series separate from a view from the terror, mm-hmm. but um, my first sort of. Um, full-length series that I was commissioned to make from BBC Scotland. Ah, well, um, that's a nice segue there, Duncan. We could meet, we could perhaps yeah. just go on to that because Scary yeah. Adult Things, it's a six-part off-the-wall documentary series and it explores millennial problems. It is produced by the legendary lads at Studio Something and the very first episode airs on Monday the 15th of March at 10.30pm on the BBC Scotland channel. Talk yeah. to me about Scary Adult Things. What is it about? So, it's basically um, six-part yeah, six part, as you said, sort of half an hour episodes, or 28 minutes to be precise. Um, and it's it sort of follows me a little bit what we talked about earlier. A lot of those anxieties are things that I sort of stress out about, yeah. like living at home with my parents at the age of 30. Um, I've turned that into a series where I'll investigate each of those and question each of those things that I'm worried about that are kind of millennial issues. So um, the first episode is about living at home with your parents and I'll go out and speak to other people living home with their parents and find out maybe reasons why that you wouldn't expect or if people are doing it why you know maybe there's people that do it through choice rather than through just financial reasons or or through health reasons or you know like maybe things that take that are more surprising than you would expect and then the other episodes equally um, it's the same sort of format. Episode two is on side hustles. So I kind of think, well, it looks like, according to the internet, 50% of millennials have side hustles these days. So maybe I should have one. You know, maybe that extra income would help me get like a pension, which I don't have. Um, so I try out a bunch of different side hustles and go and meet people that are doing things like um, I went and had afternoon tea with uh, Naughty Sheep. So, you know, someone sort of planting their sheep that you can go and hang out with um, or going mindful sea swimming or, you know, looking at stuff like um, drop shipping. I don't know if you know about drop shipping. Yes. Selling random stuff on the internet. You know, maybe I could do that. Maybe I could do like voiceovers on the internet, you know, like a whole bunch of random stuff I can uh, try out. Episode three is on alcohol. Episode four is on video games kind of coming from that thing of like I play video games but I feel a bit embarrassed about it and why should I feel embarrassed if so many people are doing it um, so again go out and speak to gamers do a bit of gaming in that episode five's fitness like everyone's banging on about fitness but am I fit like I don't how do you know if you're fit or not other than just you know people some people look fit but like what if you don't look fit but you you don't know if you're fit do you mm-hmm. know what I mean so I kind of go and um, actually went back to Hamden and got a fitness test um, for episode five. How'd you get on? Not not bad, Good. considering I don't do a huge amount of exercise. I mean, I don't know if it'd be a spoiler to give exact details, <laughs> but turns out um, turns out I'm not not as bad as I thought. I'll, I'll say that much. Um, they, no. gave, they, they gave me an actual number, a percentage of how fit I was, which I thought was interesting. I'll say, I'll save that, save that for a few weeks' time. Uh, but yeah, I got to go back to Hamden. I felt a bit guilty being there without Duncan, actually. But, um, and then 
episode six is on kind of feeling connected. You know, after doing a whole series of me connecting with people, I sort of began to question what is it does it actually mean to feel connected yeah. and looked at like sort of some loneliness statistics and that's the number one fear of young people today apparently is being yeah. lonely. So kind of went and spoke to people about about that in kind of someone in a remote place, someone in a busy city, influencers, you know, like are they all right? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah so so yeah that's that's kind of the the vibe it's sort of me it's a bit like i just go out and meet people and film them and there's a there's sort of there's a bit of put a shift in in terms of the style of me with my camera going out and filming stuff like duncan's not there um so some people m- might just not not be you know the, the, the feedback might be do it again but do it with Duncan oh, Duncan <laughs> yeah which is which is fair enough do you know what I mean you've got to try these things to know but um, or but hopefully hopefully people like it it's yeah, um, it's quite light hearted stuff it's not like hopefully it gives some light relief from like the heavier stuff that's been going on and you know it's meant to be entertaining but also interesting and I think it's it's, it's basically about people do you know what yeah. I mean now, I watched the first episode. It's called Digs, as you mentioned there, and it focuses on young people that are staying home, people in their 30s. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm not just saying that because we're speaking just now. I found it absolutely hilarious in parts. I found some of it deeply moving. But my main takeaway from it was I felt I felt really insecure watching it. And it made me think about my own life experiences and the, the own your own position in life i think when i mean I, I remember having a conversation with my own father once when he was 30 he had had me by the time of 32 he had, had my brother him and my mum had a, a house in in glasgow they moved to moved to stenhouse muir and and by that point you're sort of on your your journey in in life whereas now, I mean, I'm older than I'm, I mean, my younger brother would have been two at this point, and and where I don't have that, I don't own my own house, I don't not in a relationship, and that's watching it. That's what I found. Uh, I found quite stressful for it. Do, do you think that that society needs to change, perhaps change expectations? I mean, if you're making a documentary about that, that 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 your own insecurities, and you're talking about gaming, and and gaming is a, a perfectly normal thing to do, but it's, you still perhaps feel a bit embarrassed when you talk to people about your gamer. Do you think society needs to change its perception of, of these topics within the context of, uh, I'd say people our age, I'm 34, if you're 30, you're 30, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, so g- 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 give or take, give, g- give or take, but people our yeah. age. Yeah, I think hopefully, yeah, that's kind of one of the things that the, the series hopefully does is sort of hit, challenge those stereotypes a little bit and go, well, you know, yes, yeah, someone might live at home. Yes, yeah, someone might be a gamer. Someone maybe, you know, drinks a lot or whatever, you know, like drinks more than what they think they should drink at a certain age or, you know, like whatever it is, whatever issue we're looking at. But I think, um, you know, from what I saw, most people I spoke to were just winging it. Do you know what I mean? Like in the whole series, it's yeah. like we're all kind of a wee bit insecure and we're all sort of just trying to figure it out. And the people that really think they know what they're doing are generally don't actually know what they're doing as much as they're letting on. And when you speak to them, they kind of admit that. So I think hopefully the series does um, does sort of hit challenge of stereotypes and mm-hmm. allow people to maybe feel a bit more relaxed about um, their own insecurities. I mean, I, yeah, I still live at home and I don't know if I'm that chilled out about it anymore, but I've I definitely settled into it. You have to when you've put it on 
a TV, TV there's no there's no getting away from it now do you know what I mean it's uh, it's, it's there it's there for everyone to see I think one of the most interesting people that you spoke to in that first episode was a guy called Alistair and he yeah. is an aspiring actor but he lives at home after suffering kidney failure and during that period he lost his job his girlfriend left him and I think he said perhaps one of the most profound things in the, in the whole episode where he said that people don't know your journey people don't know your story so it's you, it can be a choice but sometimes you've got other reasons for, for, for staying at home and, and I found that particularly moving and quite interesting yeah sort of that thing of like don't don't necessarily judge people unless you've you know you've spoken to them and actually find out you know everyone's got their own thing going on you know and they don't necessarily put on online for everyone to see or they don't you know um most people are reasonably private and yeah you don't know their situation or why they're choosing to do a certain thing and and i think it should be okay to live at home it should be okay to yeah play video games or not drink or drink or be fit, not be fit. You know, go for a run if you want. Go for a walk if you want. That's that's um, that sounds ridiculous when I say out loud, but <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something profound to say. But I ended up coming out with "Go for a run if you want. Go for a walk if you want." Um, don't, so the choice is yours. Don't go for a walk. Stay in the house. <laughs> so, you know, it's up to you, and no one should be judging you for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah, that's does that make sense? I don't know. Okay. I mean, yeah, hopefully the show does shine a light on uh, people. Mm-hmm. You wrote, filmed and directed it. How did you find yeah. that process? Yeah, it was knackering, to be honest with you, doing it all. But I quite like doing, I like sort of turning up and filming stuff when it's just me and the camera and the person because I feel like you get a deeper connection with whoever you're filming with. Whereas a lot of people will film, there'll be like a sound recorder stay or someone, you know, and there's more people around. And I think that gets in the way of getting to know someone and speaking to them. And so I like it to be just me and them. And I can, you know, really just get on with a person, have a laugh, and then you put that on screen. Um, and then working with an editor as well to get that, to, to shape it and stuff. And there was a team, so there was like Andy, same producer of View from the Terrace, produced it. Um, and you know, in fact, most of the same people are involved. I noticed yeah. that when I was yeah. the end credits. I was yeah. like, about, about what was the people? It was like uh, people, people I knew from a view from the terrace. Yeah, so it's like yeah, Josie, Catherine, you know, Jordan, uh, Ian. You know, they're all it's, it's all the same team involved. So it's um, which is which is good. They all did a cracking job. If if they if they're listening, they might be. They might not be. Probably sick of me after <laughs> um, doing that many t- t- episodes of TV with me, but yeah, no. So it's, but I do like sort of, uh, you know, it's nice to have creative control over over it, and it's that same thing as push shifting. If something goes wrong, generally, I show that in the episode. Mm-hmm. You know, if we don't get permission for something, I'll just say tried to film that didn't get permission. Oh, like so, the estate agent you filmed yeah. is you know, the guy who was, who was trying to punt a garage in Edinburgh for fifty thousand pounds, and you yeah. filmed the shoes. Couldn't film him, but he let me film his shoes, which is <laughs> true. That's that's the that's what happened. So, um, you know, I tried to get tried to see get a look at the car parking space that was for sale, but the owners wouldn't give me permission. So I just filmed a different car parking space just to illustrate, you know. But it's like I'm quite again. It's that thing of like I want it to be like an honest documentary. Like I kind of get fed up seeing um, some TV documentaries are like 
there's a lot of there's there's a sort of format and you can kind of when you know it you sort of recognize it and i can see what they've how they've made it and a lot of programs are made in a certain way and i kind of want to sort of break it down a wee bit and be a bit more like yeah it might look a bit more shambolic or it might be a bit rougher around the edges but hopefully there's an honesty in that and you know when you see just me and my camera normally it's just me and my camera there's not a big production team there mm-hmm. very occasionally if there was a fiddly thing uh, the researcher Francesca would come with me if it was outdoors but um, but we weren't even allowed to do that in a lot of cases for coronavirus reasons so that also forced it to be just me a lot of the time and you kind of see that on screen you know although episode one mostly was filmed pre-coronavirus I should say yeah sorry, there's a, um, I actually didn't click in that but there's a lot of times that you're in uh, the houses other people's houses particularly yeah. one of the bits I actually was, was properly laughing out loud that is there is uh, someone you went to school with who yeah. has bought a house and moved in just up the road from you yeah yeah that's it that was the whole that was the more that was the starting point for the whole really was, it, was that a starting point idea yeah I just was sort of <laughs> basically looking out the window and um, I was told, like, oh, you know, so-and-so's moved in up the road. And I was like, what? So-and-so's bought a house on the same street as me and has a personalised number plate and a husband and a baby and has their whole life sorted. And I'm sitting here wondering what I'm going to, you know, do next. Like, pitch, can I pitch a documentary, a TV maybe? Do you know what I mean? Like, that was, um, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's uh, that's how it came about. And then I just put that on screen so she's actually a really nice person yeah she seemed she seemed very nice when you spoke with her um so you know she's good good about it but um but yeah still still lives there still see her quite a bit what walk past her house <laughs> what happens next duncan is that sweet sweet bbc money allowed you to fly the nest <laughs> maybe uh i mean like yeah i guess coronavirus has also got in the way of any potential moving out yeah. situation really i mean you can but um, it's not made it particularly easy so uh, the plan is hopefully this year I will eventually get my own place um, but uh, you know not, it's not going to be tomorrow mm-hmm. um, but, but yeah I mean like I don't know what happens next hopefully people like the show and maybe want some more but you know they might not um, which, which is fine as well I'll just do something else uh, but <laughs> yeah I don't know what's next. That's. It'd be nice to go on holiday, but I can't do that. Obviously, None, no one can do that at the moment. So, yeah, I've just going on a lot of walks. To be honest with you, at the moment we're we're all doing the same thing: walking, yeah. seeing people, having coffees outside. It's it's. Right. You know, I think that's the most distressing thing about these unprecedented times is that when you see people you haven't spoken to for ages, what you've been yeah. up to, you'd say it out of, out of that uh, just out of courtesy, and it's like nothing, literally nothing. I go to work in my yeah. house and then I stop working in my house and go to bed yeah. in my house and wake up the next day and start working in your house again yeah well that's it it's um in a way it was good making a tv show because that took a long that was quite a busy you know that was like six day weeks for months pretty much making that and it's not like I was missing out on much because there was nothing to do anyway <laughs> um, I realized at Christmas when I got a couple of weeks off from doing the show um that there was nothing to do Mm-hmm. so perfect timing to make a TV show in some ways because you're not missing out on life which otherwise I would have been maybe upset about missing stuff with my friends and all this kind of thing but couldn't do it anyway so um, 
it's just frustrating now because I've got quite a bit of time on my hands now and can't still can't do anything. But, but that's that's fine. Do you know what I mean? You more time to to game. What are you playing at the moment? I've just finished a game called Thimbleweed Park. I haven't heard of that. It's a bit. It's a bit niche. Um, it's basically a point and click adventure game. Oh. <laughs> No, listen, man, I uh, I love Broken Sword. That's one of my all-time favourite video oh, yeah. games. So I quite like point-and-click adventures. I love The Walking Dead. Uh, the oh, that was great, adventures yeah. as well. That was, uh, that was great fun. Did you watch The Walking Dead? No, um, yeah. just because I, I watched the first series and quite enjoyed it, but I, uh, the only time it seems to uh, I hear about it is when numerous characters have been killed off in a doomed attempt to try and bid uh, ratings. I love The Walking Dead. I got a, I've got a picture of... Uh, Shane from The Walking Dead literally right next to me at the moment. Wow, that's I mean, it's not, uh, not much use yeah. in a podcast, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it's it. Not much, yeah, well, that's it. I was going to show you now. I thought, well, you can't <laughs> see it anyway. But I know I'm a big, big Walking Dead fan. Watch all the yeah, shows, all the spin offs, all the games, everything. I even do the VR version of the right. Walking Dead game where you fight zombies in VR, which is which is good. So I've been doing a bit of that in lockdown. Um, just quite probably quite an image to put in people's heads. Mm. But the uh, but yeah, Thimbleweed Parks is made by the guy that made Monkey Island. I don't know. Oh, right, okay. That's another classic of the yeah, genre. He made, he, sort of, he made it a few years ago. It's, um, but yeah, I do, I'm doing that and doing yeah all the usual ones. Call of Duty and um, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Yeah, all, all, the, all the sort of the big, the big hitters as well. It's quite. I mean, there's not much. It's, it's, you feel less guilty about it in lockdown, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 you shouldn't feel guilty about it at you all. I, I know what you mean when, when people ask you, "What do you do last night?" Oh, I, I had my dinner, watched a bit of telly, and played FIFA. Yeah. You always feel like when you say that to someone, "Oh, FIFA," and uh, it's just people online. Oh, is it? Is it, is it? I, no, you do. It's it's just the kind of thing. It's like you wouldn't actually say it on a first date. Do you know what I mean? No, I wouldn't put video games in my. Oh no, I have a. Maybe that's why I'm. Maybe that's why I'm still single at the moment because that's, I want to put video games in my my, my Tinder bio. There you go. I mean, well, that's, that's my main takeaway. That'll be that'll be my main takeaway. Don't mention video games until seven or eight months into a relationship. Yeah, but, you, but you should. You should be. I mean, you should probably. It'd be nice if people could be open about it from the get go. That's what I think. Because what's wrong with enjoying yourself? Do you know what? If you're not harming anyone, then then absolutely nothing. Yeah. Obviously, if you're harming people. Yeah, out with, out with the game. That's <laughs> bad. Don't do that. But if you're not harming anyone other than your, I mean, just maybe maybe it's not good for your health if you're sitting doing it for too long at a time. But I think if you're doing it with you know a healthy amount of breaks, mm-hmm. eye breaks, and um, maybe there's a social aspect to some of the games you play, and that's nice. Uh, you know, you're getting you know catching up with friends via the game, uh, or if you're just enjoying yourself, there's no. No difference from a book or a TV show or a film, really. Do you know what I mean? That's exactly. the, that's the, that's what I think. But yeah, we're getting getting in, getting 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 on some good topics here. Like yeah, and well, Duncan, I mean that's just, we've been chatting for nearly an hour, and I want to say it has been thoroughly agreeable talking to you about a view from the terrace. Your work with Duncan Mackay and scary adult things. This is your final plug for it. Go and t- tell us when we can watch it. Thanks very much. Yeah, so scary adult things is starting on. Uh, the 15th of March Monday the 15th of March on the BBC Scotland channel at 10.30pm and then it'll be on the iPlayer I think UK wide after that so Scary Adult Things search for that and it's then weekly you know from the 15th so Monday the 22nd Monday the 29th April the 5th April the 12th (laughs) 
April the 19th, all of them 10.30 and yeah, BBC Scotland channel. But then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, you don't have to stay up if that's your bedtime, just iPlayer. That's, that's the, that's the way, that's the way to go. And yeah, there'll be clips and stuff as well. I mean, like, I, I, I don't know if the page is up for the show yet. Hopefully it will be soon, but the, um, you can always just follow me on Twitter or uh, Instagram or whatever you want at Duncan Kibbles. So that's Duncan D-U-N-C-A-N, just the normal way of spelling Duncan. And then Cowles is C-O-W-L-E-S. So it's like cow and then les. Uh, so cow and then L-E-S. Um, not E-L-S. L-E- a lot of people spell it E-L-S. It's not. It's L-E-S. But equally, if you do Google that, it'll still come up with me. So don't worry. Uh, so yeah, Duncan Cowles. All one word. Rhymes with bowels, but not spelled like bowels. Um is that co- is that covered? I feel that, like that, I think you that, that, me that there's a no no when, when you when you started sort of breaking down it syllable by syllable. I thought no, the man's in his element here. Let him just let him let him go. Not, well, yeah, I don't get out much these days, so <laughs> it's nice to actually chat to someone. But no, hopefully people like the show. And if you don't, uh, don't worry about it. Um, just don't don't tell me. Or actually, maybe you know any press is bad, good. Good press is bad press. Bad press is good press. Is that the any press yeah, is good? publicity is good publicity. Yeah. So even if you don't like it, I suppose feel free to tweet about it because it creates a bit of a stir. Do you know what I mean? It creates a bit of drama. So maybe people will be like, "Oh, that person really didn't like that show. I'm going to watch it and see what I think." And then maybe they do like it. So I would say equally, if you don't like it, feel free to be vocal. Um, uh, I might not sleep at night as a result, but if people watch the show, that's fine. And that's the main thing. Um, so yeah, please, yeah, I please think do share it, share it and stuff. Share that's it and, that's yeah. the best endorsement I think anyone can give the show. Please watch it either way. Now, yeah. I, uh, so Duncan, thank you very much for speaking to me, and thank you everyone for listening to the show and subscribing to the Terrace Patreon. Your support means a lot to us and allows us to create world class content every single day of the week. So thank you, Duncan. Cheers. And good night, good luck, and Godspeed. Podcast Network.